millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome to another episode of Most Lilith with myself, the amazing, beautiful, charming Ray, um, and then these other ugly heifers we are. Are, in the- <laughs> are we going to do this every week? We are probably yes, have to do this are. every week. Yeah. Okay. We well, are. I'm Derek Wusu, And I'm Alex Reeds. Um, and, and we're bringing you guys Mostly Lit. Yeah. Absolutely lit. Ugh. What's wrong with you? I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, how are you guys doing? Doing all right, man. Just tired. Before we start, uh, Ray, um, you'd like to move around on the mic. We've had a couple complaints, so could you please just speak directly into the mic as wow, I'm doing so here? Because what I've noticed is that on first of all, you little hoe, <laughs> don't you dare try to call me out. My voice is on, always clear. I've yeah. never, no one has ever complained at us saying I cannot hear Derek. Everybody can hear me. Right. It's even okay. you or Alex because you yeah. like to move. You especially like to do this next stuff when you're talking. Yeah. So, uh huh. Is there anything I mean? else like I can um, make better for you today uh, on this episode? No, just this that. Just no, that. yeah. Thanks. All right. All right. Please your scalp. You know, cleanse your skin. I, I used to get some Nizoro actually scalp. for my scalp. I know what Nizoro. Nizoro. It's this really. I've got really dry scalp. Yeah. So even when I shampoo, oh. no one. No one wants to know. Let me just note that. But down. I'm just saying, people just might. That. Yeah, exactly. It's called Nizoro. It's really, really good. Nice. If you've got dry scalp, some people just have excessively dry scalp, like I do. Wow. Use Nizoro once. Oh my god, it's banging. Your hair will be shining. Wow. The only thing is, because I'm balding at the top, it makes that more. Pro- I, you cool. Can see like it no clearly. one cares. You're chatting so much right now. I'm just telling people they might want to know. Nizoro. Nizoro. Guys. You can get it from Boots. Super oh, dry. God. Oh my. Is he like this fucking spokesperson for this thing? Does Nizoro want to sponsor this podcast? <laughs> Is Nizoro like sponsoring us or? Wow. And do you know what else I've been using recently? Oh my no, no. Astral. We, black soap. We don't care. Black soap. Yes. Why, why is that a new thing for you? I swear that that dries out your skin. I'm not Nigerian, so. No, but I like is that we use <laughs> find, uh, black, black soap and it's like really. Yeah, it's I've never used black soap. It's supposed to dry really? your skin. It's supposed to be oh. really harsh, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite harsh, but it depends. You have to use it once or twice a week. Yeah, but if you've got, I've got really oily skin. Oh. Just not on your scalp. So, yeah, basically, yeah, it's true. <laughs> Real talk. So I've got oily skin, so the black soap is really, really good for me. Okay, well done. Thank you. Proper banging. 
Uh, my mom fired in my house. She thought it was juju, bro. Oh, my So, we're talking goodness. about blacks. So, for your so, oily skin. If you've got oily skin. Nigeria for your dry scalp. Yes. Wow. Dry scalp, Derek. That's what I'm going to call you. From dry now. scalp, Derek. It's just amazing stuff. Oh, man. anyways, uh, moving on. <laughs> What's everyone reading? Um, we're actually recording midweek, which is I find really weird because these heifers had to drag me out away from work. And to be honest. Sorry, that's my fault. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I, yeah. Right. Well, this is I can't record. Yeah. No, I've got, I've got to see my mentee on Saturday. Nice, nice, nice. So that's I nice. Can't, I can't record. How's that going? It's going well, man. He's a, he's a lovely little boy. Yeah. Um, a little bit troubled. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so funny because um, my, um, you know, that thing that I wrote on language, I wrote it because of him. Oh, right. Because he Is he Ghanaian to, as well? No, he's Jamaican. <laughs> and he came to do, oh, some of my friends speak that African language. And people who try to imitate African, West African accents mm-hmm. do this thing they, where they deepen their voice and kind of make these ah, strings. Okay. It's so annoying. So I was trying to tell him, like, listen, there's like thousands of languages in Africa. Mm-hmm. Africa's a continent. It's not a country. I'm from West Africa. From, in West Africa, I'm from Ghana. And he's just like, so what's Nigeria? And I was just like, wow. How old is he? Wow. He is 11. Oh, wow. Then again, I didn't know that. I didn't really know that at 11, thinking back. Cause I didn't know many West Africans when I was 11. Well, he lives in Peckham. Ah. So he obviously must he come he must come across Africans, yeah. West Africans. Probably just oblivious to it. He just probably thinks everybody's black, and then no, he's definitely no, he's definitely not oblivious. Oh, I think not. he's a genius. He's really he can really, be oblivious to some things, right? I don't think he's oblivious to anything. He's really really self aware, and he's pretends he's not. Oh, okay. He's one of those kind of boys. He'll say something like, "What does this mean?" And I know he knows what it means. Wants validation <laughs> on it. Hmm? Wants validation. Yeah. Or clarification. Okay. Or attention. What are you reading, Ray? Um, oh, I am reading... Talking um, to the mic, Ray. Oh, my God. Derek, I'm going to slap you. <laughs> Sorry. Ru, don't mess with me today, please. Sorry. She's clenching her fist like Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> you, know when, you know when he's rattled. <laughs> That's what she's doing. Chill mouth. Go on, what's your... What's Anyways, your I'm reading Liar's Poker um, by uh, Michael Lewis. Oh, right. um, Liar's Poker, the book that revealed the truth about London and Wall Street. It's a very different read from what I'd normally read, actually. It's um, about the sort of collapse of um, uh, Wall Street and... Um, Someone at work was like, oh, you should read it. It really looks into what we do in the department that I'm in, which is securitization. So I'm reading it. So I was really surprised because the writing isn't too bad. Um, and yeah, so that's what I'm reading. It's a novel about ambition and greed in the city. And it's kind of true. Like there are true elements to it. So that's what it? I'm Sorry. Um, Michael Lewis. Mm. It's really funny as well. And I ha- and I put down Lita, guys, for temporarily. Of course you did. So um, we lost the bet. We didn't even like. Um, I even tweeted it. I was like, right, she she put she dropped the book like on Tuesday or something. I was <laughs> the thing is, I just thought felt like I wasn't in the mood. Nabokov can write really really well, and I actually really enjoy his writing. But it was a mixture of like, whilst there was this hilarity in it, it was absolutely funny. But then. Then the, the subject of what we're talking about, it makes me sick. So mm. trying to balance that. Right, How far okay. did you get? Um, just as literally just seen uh, Dolores. 
That's as far as you got, and you Literally. put it down. I was like, nah. You haven't seen anything. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm tired. No, I think I wasn't in the mood. And then I went to Foils um, because obviously I have issues, and I was trying to find a book, and I got really anxious. Like I was so stressed out because I couldn't find a book yeah, that I wanted to read. You told us read. about it on Twitter. You kept tweeting about it. I was like, can this girl just pick a fucking book? Mind your business. Shut up. So don't tweet it then. Where was I will tweet whatever the hell I want. Yeah, and I realised. So, foils, like, cool, yeah, but I I think I'm a Waterstones girl. I always go into Waterstones and disappointed, man. Really? Yeah, because they never have anything that I want. Oh, I remember when we went there and you were looking for your... um, Stressed. My my notebook. Yeah. Tried to order one online and got the wrong size. I'm, I'm not happy. But yeah, I will go back to Lolita... Um, when? And I don't know. What, oh, I will go back to it when I'm feeling in the mood. But I think because it's quite dark and stuff, I want. I'm going to read Ray, Wizard of the Crow later. You're never going to be in the mood for paedophilia. I, I tell you that for free. Uh, no, I need to finish it though. Why? Because I want to finish it. It's a challenge you set yourself. Is it going to be one of those? You books put you the book finish? down yeah. after he's just like seen Dolores. Yeah. He, yeah. He hasn't even had sex with her yet. Okay. Can you? Wow. Ooh. What? Why would you do that? I didn't know it goes that far. I know nothing about this book. Ray, the book starts with I, him in prison. Listen, I know nothing about this book. The book I starts... I don't know. He, I, like, he could have been found doing something else. Okay, well... That's when, really mean. Well, he has sex with her. I mean, I mean, it's not exactly a fucking... It's not a spoiler, I mate. A, I knew he was pedophilia. I thought he was in a relationship with her. I knew he was pedophilia, but I thought oh. he was in a relationship I mean, relationships are usually... Um, ah, cool. Yeah, Alex, what are you symbiotic. reading? Consensual. Oh, yeah. I'm reading um, Freakonomics by Stephen Levitt and Stephen Dubner. So it looks it's pretty interesting so far. I mean, I started reading it today, so I was trying to um, get through the introduction. To the main bits. But, I mean, it seems pretty good. The content, um, you know, several economists, and they're trying to use their economist background in a very creative way to make sense of the world and see how certain things relate to um, like the, the way people live. So certain things about, you know, why people choose certain names for their for their kids, why black, well, this is American. So they're talking about why black, um, why black Americans choose certain names for their kids, like LaShonda and all that stuff. But I haven't even got there yet. So I'm feeling like I was kind of like, like raising my eyebrows a bit when I saw that chapter. But, is this or, the book where they're like, why do gangsters still live with their mums? Yeah, why do drug dealers still live with their drug mums? Drug dealers, that's it. Yeah, and like, you know, the theory of like cheating for exams kind of thing and all that. So I wanted to just have a quick read of it. I mean, it looks like it's something that I remember my English teacher bringing up um, when I was in like year 10 and he was talking about it. So when I saw it... when I was Year in, 10? Yeah. How do you? Damn, you're, you're a young buck. Yeah, man, I'm a young Year one. 10, Jesus, wow. Why, do you remember when this came out? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I was in year 10, and then I was like, I remember that my English teacher was talking about Freakonomics, and I just thought, when I saw it, I was like, yeah, let me try it. Pick it up. It wasn't, it was going on for an offer, so. Yeah, that's what I'm reading right now. I'll let you guys know how that goes. What are you reading? Oh, I'm reading, <coughs> We Have Only This Life to Live, Selected Essays of Jean-Paul Sartre. Okay. Um interesting i why did i pick this up i picked it up because i read um at the end existentialist calf remember that book yeah i don't know did you finish it you did finish it oh yeah i got no i never halfway through it okay well i read um by is sarah bakewell Mm -hmm. i think and then she spoke about um something called 
interten- intentionality, mm-hmm. which was obviously the idea of a psychologist, but obviously he's kind of the, um, I guess, godfather of existentialism because it comes from Herschel, which then led into Heidegger, which obviously led into Sartre. So this guy, he's intentionality. Anyway, Sartre has an essay on inten- intentionality and how basically, I think I spoke about this before, he talks about how the mind is always conscious of something. Mm-hmm. It's never just consciousness. You have to actually, do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and how basically the mind works outwards rather than inwards. So you always, like, it's really hard to explain. It's a really great essay. It's really well written. Yeah. And it's really nice and it explains it very well. Okay. Uh, but anyway, that's why I got this book. So there's loads of different essays in here. So, of course, there's Intertentionality. There's... um existentialism a clarification on the american working class then you've got black orpheus which is supposed to be an amazing one i haven't read that yet when, uh, did, when did you get this when did you get this when yeah when did you get the collection oh god it's time ago mm, okay. um and as a reply to albert Camus, when them two were were, were sending shots at each other because they were friends at one point weren't they yeah they and then out. they fell out over something really minor i think actually mm. um apparently Camus was a, he's a big baby apparently mm. I think it was one of them things because I think the French intellectuals they were they used to just obviously with at the existential this cafe and whatnot they used to sit down and debate all the time, and it was like who could be who could have the most intellectual argument, and when certain arguments were rebutted or refuted, then people fell out. I think that's kind of like what tended to happen. I think in, in the most in the most bare. yeah, but I don't think it was I don't think it was ph- philosophical arguments that made them fall out. It was political arguments. <laughs> Because obviously I know Sartre and Camus were probably, I think they're both communists. But I think Camus was against a certain brand of um, communism. I don't think he believed in like a violence at all. I think, if, mm. I, if my memory serves me. Yeah, I think that he was really, really against um, violence. Okay. Cool. I think. Um, but anyway, yes, yeah, sorry, bruh. rambling on. That's what I'm reading. Um, <laughs> we have only this life to live. Selected essays of Jean-Paul Sartre. Cool. Um, so this week's tete a tete. I mean, I've got still got three points. Kind of wanted to to go through. Um, first of all, I want to know what you guys thought about um, what's going on with J.K. Rowling and her film, The Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. So Johnny Depp has been accused of uh, domestic violence and beating his wife. Accused of? Well, he's been. He has. Been. Yeah, yeah, he has been. Oh, okay. Like you know, people saw him beating up his wife, whatnot. <coughs> and she's not come out and said anything in opposition to it. Um, and Sorry, she hasn't? No, 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 she hasn't. She hasn't um, come out and said anything in opposition to it. And um, a lot wait, of people are Johnny talking Depp. about... Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. He's going to play Grindelwald. You probably, you don't. No, my my thing is... Who's his babe again, was it? Can't remember her name. But they, there was a whole um, case on it, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. So well, how come she? So she did say something. Who? J.K. Rowling. No, um, the wife. No, I wasn't talking about the wife. Oh, you're saying J.K. JK Rowling, Rowling hasn't said anything yeah, against so it. Yeah, because a lot of people are trying to hold her to account to try and say, say like, why, you know, why is he? Why is he still in the film? Why is he doing all this? Oh, blah, blah, I see. Blah. And then she, um, she kind of put up some, some piece on uh, jkrowling.com. What did she say? Something about. Um, you know, when at the time, at the time of when this happened, he had already been casted, and she's still she's still happy with the fact that he was chosen for the role, 
regardless of what he's done along those lines. Is that what she said? Along those lines. Wow. Ooh. Along those lines. So, I mean, like they said they're happy, they were happy to continue with their decision to cast him. But what do you think about that? Like, if you're... This doesn't if, surprise me, if though. You're a, if JK, you're in a position... Huh? This doesn't surprise me at all. Why not? J.K. Rowling's a... Bruv, like, she's not about it. Like, people need to... She's a conservative, man. And she does not care about these issues that she purports to be about. Definitely not. You don't think so? I don't think so at all. Mm. No. I don't think she cares about... I don't think she's a social justice warrior. <laughs> at all. As much as she uses her platform for it. Yeah, she's, I don't believe she is. Because people were saying how they're going to... Ca- like, oh, they're like... They're trying to challenge her. A lot of her followers are challenging her. And she was blocking them. Yeah, I heard that as well. Well, she <laughs> was. She's blocking them. She's at the party. Like, she's riding a trend. Pardon? She's just riding a trend. Right. Being woke is in... And yeah. when, when it comes to finally catch her. But is it going to affect anything? Yeah, I think so. What should she have done? Should, should, she, have, should she have, like, got rid of Johnny Depp? What, what do you think? Should she have got rid of him? Like, as I said, you know, you I she think don't want you in the film. Even if I she mean, she has the power pow- to say something. Even if she doesn't have the power to, I think she should have written a statement just condemning him, like, okay, he was cast before this came out, but I 100% do not, like, I'm not happy with the fact that he's still working on this film mm. because it's been proven that he used to beat the hell out of his wife. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. This is violence against women. This is something that I'm 100% against. Blah, blah. For her to come and do, well, he was cast before and I'm still happy with the fact that he's cast. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised anyway. Because yeah, she's just, you know what I mean? Yeah. How about you, Ray? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, like... Yeah, I think that I don't know. I don't know. I, I was kind of surprised that she didn't say anything and that she was refusing to speak about it because the way the way she's so vocal on certain things and then all of a sudden it was like. But then again, she's a fraud. There might be things. She's she's just showing up as like she's showing herself. Yeah. So. Yeah, everyone's saying that she's cancelled. So whatever. Yeah. Right. Alrighty. Next point. Um. Oh, slay in your lane. Yeah, so they Elaine Ooh. have released their front cover. Mm-hmm. Looks nice. It looks really good. It looks I like really it. good. They're, they're going with the pink theme. I was really surprised, actually. I thought they were going to go with like the whole yellow lemonade thing. But then you get pink lemons. I know, but I, I was like, um, oh, I thought it would be like lemon because it was that Beyonce vibe. Yeah. yeah, but. I think they just wanted to switch it up, innit? Yeah. Kind of just turn it on their head, I guess. It looks vibrant. From a marketing point of view, I guess it's nice and bright. To people would always yeah publishers love making feminist book pink hmm. they do shady I'm not right I'm not it's not shade at all because it's, it's true. true they absolutely do what was the last feminist book that you read that was pink um pimp state no no pimp state's purple <laughs> um the female Enoch is pink which is like radical feminism but it's like uh, no it's not it's red it's red it's reddish pink but it's always that kind of color but I know I have a point here I just cannot remember the books I know I have sure. a fucking point man actually right. yes the Equality Illusion by Cat Banyard that's that's pink uh, Mythologies by John Smith that's pink that's as one well that we picked up the, oh that was red what's that I think it was that same one that you were talking about a red one oh you Seymour see, Enoch yeah I think that was who was that who was uh, the that's Jermaine Greer yeah yeah that was the, that was yeah. the one I saw Gender Delusions that's that's pink as well. Do you know oh, what I mean? Okay. Interesting. That's interesting. So yeah. Anyway. But cool. Cool, cool. I was gonna ask a question on um have you guys seen She's Gotta Have It yet? No. Yeah. Have you seen it? What do you think about it? So I know you don't like it. Um 
I see that. I think it's very corny um, at times. Um, I like the way it's shot, even mm. though I was very confused in the beginning. But you get used to it. And I like the fact that they'll have like the album that that is playing um, and they'll show it like intermittently. So I like that. I, I, I think it's a very smart way. But um, I, I think it's... Obviously, I haven't watched the original. Mm. Um, I just think it's um, like... I watch it when I'm bored. Right. Okay. Cool. Although the woman in it is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cheekbones she is. galore. Beautiful. Yes. Yes. Have any of you guys watched Runaways yet? Who's in? Who's? Who's that? By? It's like a Marvel thing. Runaways. It's Not like yet. kids. No. Not yet. But one second. What I was gonna say about Spike Lee is just that somebody wrote an article from Huffington Post talking about we need to make way for black mediocrity. Absolutely. And, and I was just like, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I was like, yeah. But then they were yeah. using they were using. Um, What's it called? Oh, she's got to have it as like a media, a mediocre, like form yeah. of art. It is mediocre, just yeah. like Dear White People, the series mediocre. Yeah. Just like Get Out, the movie mediocre. Get Out, Get Out was mediocre. It's mediocre, Alex. Hmm. Look, there's some things. I that don't know. Get Out is not highbrow. It's, it's, like... it's not. It's not highbrow, but I don't say it's mediocre. I'd say it was. It had it's a definitely mediocre. There's some things that mm. black people need to stop lying about. One. Get oh, out, here we go. Look, oh, Get Out know. was not that good. We <laughs> no, need to stop nice. lying about that. Luke Cage. Again, you've said this. Black yeah. mediocre. Like you've said this. Yeah, yeah. Huh? Yeah. What that Luke Cage is? No, this whole spiel that you're doing. You've done this. Well, I haven't actually because Get Out is quite quite recent. Oh my god! No, you've done this spiel so get before. Out, get Out. Luke get Cage. Out. Luke Cage is rubbish. Um, but I agree. I think you need to make black me- medio- mediocrity um, a norm because this whole idea that oh black like I love black excellence and I'm so here for it. Mm. But when you know, Tina or Becky or whoever is like writing some dumb ass shit and it's selling. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like but, girls. Like, and we have to. Yeah. And we have to like. Eat it up. You, we have to. Do the do, best, the best, the like, best. Like it has to be so much for it to even get a bit of recognition. Mm. It's despicable, absolutely despicable. So you know what? You me be mediocre. You don't have to break down. You know rules and. Like, be different. Just be yourself. And mm. hopefully one day it will sell. To what? be fair, what we need to clarify is that get out, dear white oh people. She's got to have it. These things are mediocre to black people. To white people, they're it's probably like, mind-blowing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mind-blowing. Exactly. Like, you know, this is groundbreaking. Yeah. Whereas something like blackish is is really good for, I, I think, for both black and white people. I yeah. think mm. blackish is one of the best things ever. <laughs> oh. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. I think it's it's amazing. I need to get back into the series. You, you I, need I to. I think I love the way they they're able to tackle really sensitive subjects with 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 authenticity and with with a slight bit of humor. And I love it. I think I think we shouldn't even be the ones watching that. I'd like these white people need to. Atlanta's good as well. Atlanta's really good. I love Atlanta. What's Atlanta about? Uh, Danny. Is it um, um, Charles Gambino? But it's not. It's, not, it's a. It's not, really about? About, it's not really it's about. It's not really about anything. Donald Glover, Alex. I, 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 yeah, Donald Is Glover. it Glover? Yeah. I used to say Glover. Glover. Oh, cute. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, Childish Gambino. <laughs> um, <laughs> what's it about? You haven't told me. You know, he's just... Um, it's not about anything. It's not really about anything. It's just a young guy living in Atlanta and in certain things he goes through. It's like, what's um, Insecure about? Yeah, it's like similar to that. Similar to that. You know, he's in a situation with this woman. And I like blah, Insecure. Blah, blah. Yeah. 
I haven't even watched second season yet. I was so angry after the, the first finale one. of the first season. I oh, couldn't wow. watch the second one. Oh, you got Why are you to... angry? That last season, the first season. I was got, fucking I was fuming. Like, you got something I... coming in the second season. I was like, Lawrence, I was fucking rooting for you. <laughs> Why? And you've come to doggy this thing. I was so angry. <laughs> you got something to wait for for the second season. I was fucking some... I wasn't pissed off with Lawrence. I was pissed off. I understand. Issa fucked up. Look, yeah, we all fuck up in it. Like... <laughs> Of course he would be defending that position. Yes, but the fact that he's just he's just jumped on this next thing so quickly. Yeah. Like, he's not even feeling her. He doesn't even like her like that. But Wait. he thought, oh, if she's done it, I'm going to have a go. You need to watch the next season. Watch the next season. Let it's us know when you start. Off, it? I don't it really... Is. I preferred the first season. The second season was very much like... <gasps> after, like, every other episode. That was me. <laughs> I was just like, what was, what's actually going on with this guy? Yeah, and... Oh, Lisa Ray, man, she cheated with that... I love him. What did I call him? A re- he's a rebore. Um, what's his name? Rebore. Um, <laughs> I don't think he's clapped at all. <laughs> call him a re- What? You don't think it's the guy from no. Moonlight. The sexy one from Moonlight. Which one? Which one? Moonlight, Alex. There's a little boy, a teenager. I haven't seen Moonlight, you know. Something Rhodes. Travis? Devontae? Yeah, Rhodes. The guy in Insecure looks like a rebore version of him. A rebore. Ah, that's why I like him because he kind of has some semblances. Yes, yes, I see They've it. They've just got the same shape head. That's it. Oh, I do love that head. Anyway, yeah. Wow. So um, the head. Ah. Huh? Oh, the, oh, the head. The- oh, okay. <laughs> wow. All right, guys. Let's move. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> Derek, what the f- is wrong with you? I'm gonna. Let's move on. I don't even know what that the word means. The guy is. <laughs> it's really. Um, what does that mean? You're you're giving thanks to Allah, basically. Oh, because he's he's good looking. He's he's handsome. He's sexy. So I can say thank you, you guy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Anyway. Anyways. Okay. Um. What's your gem this week? Yeah. What's your gem? Sorry. What's your, your gem? gem this week? Oh, my gem is the book I'm reading. Absolutely, definitely. Okay. Um, it's just amazing, and it's really getting me back into. My existential shit, I love it. And obviously, this is just going to lead back into absurdism because I'm an absurdist. I really love Albert Camus and everything he stands for. I feel like he takes things to the logical conclusion that Sartre, I don't know, whether he was too scared to take it there, I don't know. Mm. But the, you, the question you have to ask yourself at the end of this existential stuff is, is life actually worth living? Well, we're going to get on to that topic. Yeah, we? sorry. Anyway, that's my gem. Uh, we have only this life to live by Jean-Paul Sartre. It's a collection of his essays from 1939 to 1975. So, the, I mean, the the essays obviously very. I've read a couple of them. Clearly, very because Sartre has a tendency to change his mind a lot, which is absolutely fine. Um, depending on obviously the situation he's in, so he's gone from uh, pre-war to post-war to being a communist to you know. I mean, I think he became a Marxist and. And whatnot. So, but it's very good, very good collection. And he's a great writer. Cool. All right. So, let's go on to the main topic. Um, so Derek's kind of like Freedom. edged us into this topic. Then edge. You like you guys love it. No, like no, we edged it like from the leading on from your gem. Oh yes, leading on from your gem. So, explain what we're going to talk about today and what we've been. We're going to talk about. Personally, obviously. I feel like you should have given me more time with this. Why? Because we're all we're all well versed in this, so it's fine. Um, so obviously we're going to be <laughs> focusing on an essay by Jean-Paul Sartre. It's called "The Republic of Silence," and we're going to be discussing the idea of freedom, what it means to be free, okay. to each of us. 
Okay. Um, and then obviously just circling back to the literature we've read that deals with these fe- with these themes, of course, being Albert Camus' The Stranger, Nausea by Jean-Paul Sartre, and mm. then the essay. Okay. So, just to begin, as a caveat quickly, listeners, we are not philosophers, okay? If we get something wrong, please you making feel free to email us in, you know, at mostly at gmail.com, but be gentle. <laughs> We're sensitive souls, man. Exactly. We're sensitive souls. Um, so, Alex, I mean, what? what did you think of the essay? Do I have to go first? Yeah, why not? Go on. Um, so, I think the essay was very French. <laughs> Obviously, because he is French. But I don't know. Um, there were certain things I just didn't really, didn't wholeheartedly understand. I mean, he starts off by saying, you know, um, correct me for the exact words, but everybody, they were better off when they were occupied by the Germans. Mm. What did I say? What was the first line? Paraphrasing. He didn't say they're better off. I remember saying that was such a strong first line. It was like, never were we freer. Never were we freer than, than on the German occupation. Than on the German occupation. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, because because um, I read it recently, I'm trying. I'm still trying to work my way through the understanding of it. Um, but yeah, circle back to me. Circle back to me. Right. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'll come back to it. But okay. like, but there, there were parts of it that I wasn't really 100 percent understanding because of the speed right, of which no, I, I was you. reading. I mean, um, I like. I liked it. I mean, I think what he's trying to say is that the reason why we were never freer is because we was in a position where we could almost only make authentic choices. Mm. So we was in a position where it's like, you've got a boot on your head. You can either choose to allow the boot to crush your head or you can resist the boot. Now resisting the boot is an authentic choice because the person with the boot on your head would rather you just stay there. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So you're rebelling. Rebellion is an authentic act, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's going against the grain. It's not really allowing people to... Because Im- you will not really fully rebel and fight just because someone's told you to unless you really want to. Mm. Do you know what I mean? There's yeah. no... You can't really be um, indifferent in those kind of situations, do you understand? Mm-hmm. And I think and also what he's trying to say is the fact that during the occupation, you just really came to realise the responsibility you had as a person because every choice you make could then affect somebody else and in Sartre's idea of existentialism especially in existentialism and humanism he's a little lecturer that got mm. turned into a book of essay an essay he's kind of like the onus is on us to make decisions that we feel everybody else could do as well so if okay. we make a decision we're literally saying we want everybody to be able to make do you know what I mean yeah um, and ex- so if you're under German occupation, let's say, for example, he gives this example in the essay, if you're being tortured, you have to then say to yourself, how much of this can I take before I kind of like wrap people out? Mm-hmm. That means that you're essentially realizing that you are responsible for the lives of so many other people. Because you can just give one location, one name, and hundreds of people will die. Do you understand? Yeah. So the fact that you're fighting to not do that means you're acting on your freedom. Do you, and do you know what I mean? You're making authentic... It's, yeah. You're acting on your freedom? What do you mean by that? Your freedom to choose. And it's all, it's genuine because it's a life or death. Mm-hmm. I think what Sartre is kind of getting at is that he talks about um, man is mortal. You know, he says it's cliche, but it's really true. When you become 
aware of your mortality, then you start to make more authentic decisions. When you realize you're going to die, because you know there's a there's a what there's a result for the action that you make. It's yeah, that's part of it, the consequences, but also just being in. Do you know what I mean? It's like I was I used to talk to this this uh, this Muslimic guy, and he said, "Can that, we not?" No, no I'm just saying. Listen, it's, it's, yeah. I just what? say that, but you, you can't just call people. Okay, Muslimic. sorry, sorry. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I was talking to this Muslim uh, guy I used to work with, and he said that one thing that Islam teaches is that always remember that you're going to die one day. Mm-hmm. Because it puts you in a position where of humility. Yes, exactly. Right. Do you know what I mean? And I one hundred percent agree with that. You should so always remember. In, so that's interesting. Then, so it's just walking along around the earth, like making sure that you remember that you could end at any time. Is that basically what it is? Yeah, is that, because is that, you should is remember. That, is, that, is that is that you know like the idea of existentialism itself? Right. It's, yeah, it's not just. It's, yeah, I mean, to, because of course there's so many things in the world that try to make us forget the fact that we're going to die. Mm-hmm. We just don't even realise it. Television, entertainment, social media, uh, cosmetics, all of these things work against the passage of time, the facts of human mortality. How, how so? How so? Well, because well cosmetics, you're... one, because you're literally trying to look younger. But you're trying you're, to... Yeah, but for example, the way I looked at it, though, with what you said, when you said entertainment and, you know... Because it takes your mind off of the fact you're going to die. But then, But, but we're faced with death all the time but you we don't we don't face it we know it's there it's lurking do you understand and this is why when somebody in your family dies you have an existential crisis because you're reminded of the fact that you're going to die too but i don't think that one it's very practical to be constantly having these existential crises and if we (laughs) of course do you know what i mean and it's it's like it's almost like you are romanticizing it in a way which i don't like doesn't sit comfortable with me because um you feel like i'm romanticizing it i I feel like i'm just spitting facts no i think you're you're romanticizing this idea that okay we we recognize when we when we recognize that we are going to die or that, it, like, our our human uh, subject, uh, like, who we are could end, perish at any time. We we are faced, I guess, with a sort of freedom in our choices. Because that I, I, I feel that way. Every time something happens, I'm always like, mm, well, you know what? I could die. It could be worse. And so my choices are not so tethered to, to something that is... Um, you, yeah, you're you're less likely to make decisions yes. based off of somebody else or something Absolutely. else. Absolutely, it's it's mm. that authentic authenticity that you're talking about, that pure decision, I suppose, yeah. based on the fact that you are going to die, and there is a freedom in that, and it's wonderful because imagine if you could always make those types of decisions all the time. Like, I think that would be amazing, but at the same time, it's not practical. You can't live, and it's. Uh, it's just you don't think it's practical it's not practical at all because Hmm. imagine if every person made that authentic decision in every aspect of of their lives personally i believe that as human beings we are more more ferocious do you know there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I mean, we are not... You think we're savages? We are. You've got to be kidding. I definitely think we are. And we protect our own and we protect our own interests faced yeah, with faced with um, de- like decisions that are faced with um, things and you input that authenticity into your decision making. I do not think that we will be making decisions that benefit other people. But then that's when Sartre talks about the fact that when we make a decision, we have to think and act as if we were making a decision on behalf of all of mankind. But does so, that not contradict authenticity? Why? Because in my eyes, mm. when, you, when you are faced with, the, with death, your thought process will not be for others. It will be purely for what benefits you. Now, what benefits you may not necessarily benefit mankind, no, 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 no. What he, as I, in your neighbour. I'm probably not explaining it properly. I think he's saying that what you feel, you would will for yourself. Mm-hmm. By willing it for yourself, you, of course, will it for other people. So Because you're, you're saying that this is a good decision for me to make. Based upon your own personal findings. Yes, or based exactly. upon what yes. other people... Yes, exactly. Okay. So you're basically saying that, oh, if I can do this, then he can be able. He should be able to do this as well. Do you know right. what I mean? Okay. The thing is, I don't feel like it's that. I don't feel like it's that freeing at all. I feel like that's. I feel like that inhibits your freedoms. What death? Like I feel like like you know you're making decisions, but you're making the decisions based upon how you can affect the rest of the people, right? You're making a decision that's kind of impacting the way that you perceive. Your, your authenticity, your choices, your making, you know, you've used the example of if, if a boot was on your head and you have to make a clearer choice. That's not, that's not freedom. That's not freedom. That's you being faced with a choice of either like survival or death. Alex, that's, not, that's not freedom. All of life is survival or death. Yeah, but when you're, when you're placed, when you're placed in, the, in specific circumstances like that like as you say because you you had isolated you had isolated examples yeah but it just makes it more immediate it doesn't we're we're all in that situation right now what do you mean i think if there's a there's a boot on my head right now i it's just in the form of something else Mm. i'm sitting here drinking a fucking copperberg mate this is a boot (laughs) against my head 
Do you know what I mean? Why is it a boot against your head and why do you perceive it as such? Because it's killing me, Alex. That's so, why. So basically, just merely existing is killing us. Of course. Every single second, you grow closer to death. You grow, grow closer you to grow dying. closer to death. No, I get that. Of course you do. No, 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 it's, no. It's... I, get, I get it. I get it. It's just not... For me, it's just not a way of thinking that I'm used to... That, so I have to try and, like, unpack no. it. You know what I mean? I have to like, unpack it in a way yeah. because I'm thinking... When you're saying... A boot, I'm, I'm literally thinking... Obviously, you know, like a scene from Inglourious Bastards or something. Like, I'm, I'm envisaging oh, people, yeah, yeah, people yeah. are getting, like... You know, they don't know... They're trapped under a certain place and they need to get out. Yeah. That's me looking at, all right, cool. But... You have the choice to stop drinking that. Exactly. If there's a but boot you on continue. Your head, you have a choose a choice to keep fighting against the boot mm. or give in to it. So therefore, freedom is a choice. It's, freedom is a choice. That is, is the choice. It's the cho- it's the choice. It's like with right. Camus, the myth of Sisyphus. Yeah. When you're pushing the boulder up the hill, you know that it's going to drop back down. You're going to have to push up again, mm-hmm. but the choice to rebel, to keep going, even though you know for a fact, yes, life is going to kick you in the head. That is you expressing a form of freedom mm. by saying, okay, Zeus, you want, I want me to push this boulder up. You think I'm going to suffer? Fuck it. I'm not going to suffer. I'm going to rebel in the face of but in that he's fucking still suffering. total destruction. In that he's still physically suffering though. So he would always suffer anyway. I, he's, just, he's, just, he's just rebelling against. You all suffer. I believe people, everyone delivers to suffer, Alex. Mm. I probably sound really fucking gloomy, but no, 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 no. There's not. It's not gloomy. It's just. Mm. It's just. It means. It just means. There's no way of. I feel like there's no way of you like or any. In the perspective of the essay that we've just looked at, there's no way of kind of. Altering it just slightly. Altering think, what? Like, because you think like, well, you're basically we're saying you're doomed if you do. You're doomed if you don't. Either way. I mean, and then doom it, and then doom being death. We know how you know what my perspective is on death already from previous episodes. But like, I mean, some like some people would see that death is freedom. Of course, it is. So you can choose to choose. To I don't die. know about in, that. In, in your that's in, a, that's a thing. some if, people if, think death of is course, freedom. but I'm saying, look, I obviously personally believe that people can make a decision to mm. live life even if they're in their right mind. Do you understand? Of course, of absolutely, of course, the majority of people who, like, take their own lives, there's a lot going on with them, they might have suffered a bereavement, mm. or do you know what I mean, or might be going going through very hard times, mental illnesses, so on and so forth. But I do believe that you can sit down... And say you want to die, and you should And be say to, to yourself, I don't want to live it. Do you think that people, like, who, let's say, for example, like, it just makes you think, makes me think of, like, things like euthanasia, do you know what I mean? Which I don't really want to go into, but I just think... People, yeah, well, like I mean, people can decide that they want out, mm. and why? I mean, why can they not do that? Why should they not be allowed to do that? Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, remember the um, there was a tweet because that was a I think what you're missing is there is a, I guess, how I see it as a preciousness to life. This is when I'm talking about the romanticization of death. You just said there's a preciousness of life yeah. and you're telling me I'm romanticized. No, but I'm saying that that, so that is the idea in terms of life is something that people like fight for. Do you know what I mean? And when... Do you think life is precious for people in third world countries, Ray? I don't like the term third world, but... Yes, but you term. know what I mean. I do. But um, I get it. It's, mm. it's the idea of being alive. I don't, I don't know if you're... You're overrating life, Ray. Well, that's but then you are romanticizing death, but you don't even know it. 
You know what life is. You do not know death. Mm-hmm. You Nobody don't know does. death, and you not. don't know what's on the other side. But you are romanticizing this place. But I'm not thinking of something being on the other side. Yes, but you're, think, you're, think, you're thinking. Of I don't. Choice. I don't think you even know what nothingness is. I'm not thinking of nothingness. There's. I'm not thinking of nothingness. I'm not thinking of something after death. So and what? If I'm what is it? N- nothing. Nothing is not nothingness. Nothingness is a thing. Nothing is nothing. Okay, that's stupid. How I'm it, talking not about stupid. nothingness being the nothing. You well, don't then, know. The, the no, mere fact that you don't there's know. There's nothing to know then, is there? But you don't know. And that unknowingness, that not knowing is all of a sudden this thing that is appealing you, to you. I, have I just, I, I'm just wondering why. Have I said once in this that, oh, nothingness or just, I'm just talking about so the talking fact about your, that your, your, someone can say to themselves, I don't want to live here yeah. in this world, this reality anymore. Mm-hmm. I want out. When they want out, they're not thinking, oh, I wonder what it's going to be like. No, mate. Some people When do. people jump, oh, like, I don't know how, like I said, you with can't this, speak for those people. Yeah, like I said, with David do. Foster Wallace's analogy about the burning building, when people think about wanting out of a burning building that's causing them pain and suffering, they're not thinking about the fucking concrete that they're going to smash into. They just want out. They just want out. They mate. want out. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But they, but, I'm not but, thinking but, about but, but that's a, But that's a particular person, and we're kind of we're generalizing. That's what we're doing. We're saying that everybody who wants to... No, I didn't. I made... Because I, 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 I how, 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 how do you know they're not thinking that? I laid out a caveat at the beginning. I said, of course, mm. people with mental illnesses, people who are going through things, mm-hmm. suffer the bereavement. They, of course, their thought process is completely, completely different. different. But I said, I, think, I do believe someone can sit down and say, and think about how things are, what's going on. Say to themselves, I want out. I just, I just think so, to be honest. Because mm. I, I, I think it's mental to think that the way things are right now, you can look around at all of this stuff and just not think to yourself, ah, fuck this, mate. Do you know what I mean? I think it's mad to think that you, no, no that, that you couldn't, that. that you couldn't. Yeah, I think I it's like, silly. I, but, That's the romanticization. I, I, feel, I, feel like I do feel like there's something in the fight, though. But I, you know, because as, as as you said, with the same analogy of the myth of Sisyphus, mm. right? There's something. There's something. It, there's something in that fight to keep yeah, you going, and that's and that's that zeal of life. That's that you know. That spirit, that kind of yeah. endurance, and that's and that, yeah. that's the human. And I guess I feel like that is the human experience to continue to push. What do you think, Ray? You sitting there <laughs> sniggering? Um, it just elbow gift. I just, I think I don't agree with your opinion, Derek. I know. Um, I mean, you're free to have it. Absolutely, I, I don't need it. you to tell me that. I know. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, I don't give a shit what the fuck you need. Um, and at the same time, I also don't agree with your opinion, Alex. So what is your opinion? Like, was the, that was the question. <laughs> um, Isn't it? Just disagreement. Like, you know I mean? No, I don't, I, mean? I don't like, I, like this fight as, as, a, as a thing that is innately human. I mean, yes, when it comes to our instincts, our instincts want to pr- always preserve us. Um, but... Basically, I love life. That's it. Mm. That's what I know. And that is what I have accepted. And it's, it's for me anyway, it's rather b- bizarre to... To think otherwise. Not even to think otherwise, but I'm quite inquisitive in that. If I'm not here, where am I? Do you know what I mean? Mm. And it's the where am I that... Scared, not even scares me, but 
this is it. This is this is what I know. Mm. So. So you have to have, you have to have the, you have to see it to I'm believe not, it. I'm maybe, kind of but I'm not of the opinion that. I don't know. I just don't. I don't agree. There's something inside me that really does not agree with the violence, and it makes me angry. It even it doesn't have their language, but that's called religion, right? No, <laughs> but thank you very much no, no, for because, no, you know, trying. To, no, no, no. But no. thank you so much for trying. Oh, I'm disgusted. No, no, because, no, because at the end of the day, because my, I feel like there are people, especially. Fuck you, Derek. Oh, here we go. No, fuck I you. How dare back. you? I'm so sorry oh, to cut you off, Lord, Alex. Ray. But don't ever do that. Don't ever do that. Do Whether what? it's religion or not, you have not heard those words come out of my mouth and the tone that you what, took. What words? Those. Oh, you know, the way I feel about this is because of religion. Da, you da, da, da. didn't even ex- articulate it, anything. Well, ex- I said something. You explained it I said something. that it makes me violently angry. Exactly. And then you, you no, it's not what you said, impulse. it's the tone in which you said it. And the face that you pulled when you said and it. Said and you know exactly religion. what the fuck I'm talking about. Stop and you need to stop that shit. I can point wherever I want, okay? Right. You need to stop undermining religion right. as this thing that makes people dumb as fuck or something. Okay, people no, 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 out no, no, there no. have faith and they believe and that should be fine. To say something, I was, gonna, I was gonna say, I was gonna say that I understand. And if it is religion, fuck you. Yeah, what if it is, and what if it isn't? <laughs> okay, I was you gonna say, love? I was gonna say that I've been in that, I've been in that environment where there are a lot of people who are who, are go, who go through that. So I kind of see where that was coming from. But what I wanted to ask you, Derek, was about the um, piece of writing that you. Why that you are you always sitting on the fence, Alex? Pardon? Why are you always sitting on the fence? Just come out and say it with your chest. Say what? That I'm right. <laughs> See, you're always because you're not because you're because you're I not you, because, you've because, had this because you're not right because because you're not right at the end of the day and I feel like and I think right and I think it's because I because I because I know because I know that here like oh look Ray, at me can I, can and I my speak? smart mouth and can I speak can I speak name drop this person this person stupid boy can I speak who I name dropped shut your mouth everyone under the sun can I speak yes continue speak into the mic shut your mouth man you prick can I speak yeah continue. What I was going to say. Keep chatting to me like that, Ray. <laughs> I'm telling you. What fam, will you do? Keep, what will you, you do? You'll call the police. What fam. can you do? <laughs> You'll call the police. What can you do? <laughs> can I just say. Keep chatting to man like that, isn't it? Can I just say that at the end of the day, when it comes, I feel like you you believe in you believe in it. Mm. You believe in it virulently. And that's why I'm just like, okay, I kind of, I'm trying to see where you're coming from. I'm trying to see where you're coming from. But at the end of the day, what I feel is that like life is worth living so it's a perspective that i can't it's a perspective that i cannot that i cannot fight do you see what i mean like i cannot it cannot i cannot make peace you with it you can be objective alex pardon i said you can i know i know but like when i'm looking at it obviously this is talking about life there's something as you know as what ray said it's something that you're experiencing but so trying to make my mind like think about it it just doesn't it's kind of difficult to do but what i did want to ask was about the um because you gave us a piece of writing the other day. I wanted to ask about that, like the, the, the kind of points you went through on how to, what was it, how to survive? Oh, how to live. How to live. Oh, that thing I sent you. Because you think it's like, because you've written like how to live mm. and you had 10 points and they're interesting, they're interesting points that you've made. Yeah. Can't but then, but that juxtaposes this. So, all right. So basically he said, you said, wait, no, don't read them out, mate. What? So how are you going to contextualize it? Basically, you contextualize that, it. Yeah, I was going to say that I wrote. I when I was in university, I sat down, and I sat in my room for a week 
and I just thought about how to live my life, how to mm, do mm, things. Mm. And I wrote these 10 things. And I just found them in my email yesterday and I sent them to Alex and, and Ray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I went by contemporary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't read so them out, please. Yeah, so, so basically, <laughs> but basically what, I was, what, what I was looking at was, you know, things like the points that you put in there, they kind of like juxtapose, they juxtapose this. You see what I mean? Yeah, of course it does. I don't know where my head was at when I wrote that stuff. So, just, so I'm thinking, like, how do you, how, like, how do you? Wait, Guys, how does it? This how is does it uh, a very silly topic because we don't know what it is that they're juxtaposing. So, you, like, you have to explain it. You have to yeah. talk into the mic. You have to explain it. Though. Explain it. Explain what you wrote. I just wrote like just. Um, so you could briefly go run through your your ten points. Well, the first one was just literally like it was just all, it was all about freedom, wasn't it? Mm-hmm how to live and the fact that you should allow people the same freedom that you would afford yourself. Um, Where my freedom begins, your freedom ends. My basically, dear. yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? And um, So how, how does that contradict? Because it's talking about how one should live, but yeah. it's not talking... But what we, what we said through that essay is that it's kind of focusing a lot on death. Mm. So, the way I kind of read it was a, was a, like a manual on survival. Exactly. Do you see what I mean? In the face of death. In so the in face the, of so death. That's, that's the context in which it was written. Yeah. So, you think that death is freedom? No. The choice. The choice to die is freedom. The choice to die is freedom. Yes, I think. But that, death is not freedom. I think that the choice to take your own life when you have a sound mind, is the ultimate expression of freedom. Um, okay. Okay. So. <sighs> so. Go on. <laughs> Go on, Rick. No, I'm just trying to, like, process it, right? Because I mean, don't don't rush it. If you, if you can't think about it and then nah, talk to me afterwards, don't cool, rush it. Cool, but it's more so, like, I'm thinking of it as, so you have this internal freedom of choice. Yeah. Which I think is also very bizarre. Um, because we free will is at the heart of so many things and having free will is this, you know, internal freedom that makes us human apparently. Mm. Um, but I don't, I very much doubt free will because we are so influenced that I think I agree with, um, Sartre in the, idea of all that authenticity being in that mind frame whereby other people cannot influence you you are faced with something that only you can make the decision it's almost instinctive and that decision that you make is that ultimate freedom but when you choose to take your life but then i guess you know if you are of sound mind And you're in a situation. No, but that being doesn't... of like, I would say I am of sound mind, but I know so many of my choices are influenced. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I, so I, I would say that to be what what ultimate freedom will then be, being under the 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 shadow of authenticity, mm-hmm. and choosing in that moment to die, not just of sound mind. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so the situation, of course, has to be conducive for the decision. Yeah, but it, it it has to be like expression. I am choo- I am making this decision, but not not because not because like you're hurt, you're hurting. So you know that idea of the boot, um, you know someone's you know s- 
pressing yeah. a beat on you, yeah. choosing to die in that moment, I don't think is free. It's not a freeing thing because you're hurting. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, but you yeah, know, but that's, but you but know that's not what I said. But you know but, what end. I said I mean? to resist the boot is freedom. I, I didn't say to give in. No, no, so no, no, even then, it's like to re- can, is resist isn't is resisting the boot freedom or is it just you're in so much pain mm-hmm. that 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 is what you have to do. You don't have to do anything. No, but instinctively, that is what you will do. We're not animals, Ray. Inst- nah. Instinct is quite redundant. Okay, no, us. I don't think instinct is redundant at all. And yes, we are animals to the te- core. Te- That's what I believe. But I no, can, I can, I, I can resist You can resist instincts, your instincts, not- but only to a point. But you use, no, I don't agree only with that. Only to a point? What? Yes, you can. Because the only for- instinct that I cannot resist, I, I mean, I can resist all of my instincts, actually. Even when I'm hungry and my instinct is to find food and eat, I can I'm resist mad. that. No, I get that. I, I don't think you've been, you haven't, you haven't been faced with the um, the amount of pressures True. that will make you succumb to these to the instincts that you think you have such a hold of now, Alex. I mean, sorry, Alex. Ray, I can choose to die if all of these instincts, um, obviously, are on my shoulders and forcing me down. And it's like you have to give in to these instincts. I can choose to die. I can kill myself. Mm-hmm. An animal cannot do that. That's that true. Makes me completely Actually, different from. I don't know. That's true. I don't, I don't think I don't think animals can commit I'm suicide. Not, I'm not certain about that. No, actually, I, I just got my vision of a I'm, bird. I'm not certain about that, but I I don't think that because animals can't really can. animals can't really because choose to live or die. Instincts just... keep, literally keep you alive. But we have human instincts, though. But you, like... what I'm saying is that you can choose to override them. That is that's what makes us different to animals, Ray. But then I, I don't but, think you've been faced our, with most, the amount of pressure. I think the, the, different. exactly, and the pressures that you faced, you know, maybe they're lukewarm, or maybe you've gotten used to it, no, so therefore you like, think you have a hold no, on no, no, your. No. I feel like the pressures that we face. But I don't are, think you can. The pressures that we face are psychological, as humans, rather than the physical pressures that like animals tend to face. Oh, absolutely, so, I mean, yeah. So they they experience danger. Yeah. They experience danger. They experience like that's just what they have to do. I guess so. You know yeah. what I mean? But like we, so our pressures are complete. They don't, they don't get phased by them. We have to work. We're worrying about illness. We're worrying about mental health. Mental health. We're worrying, worrying about money. We're worrying about relationships. We're worrying about yeah. all these different things because we are human. But if we were in those environments, like, if yeah, we're, I guess if maybe if that's where I'm looking at it. If from we were in those, if we were, yeah, if we were in those, if we were in those environments, if we we're in those environments where we were like, you know, we had to basically rely on heat to survive and we had to like basically be we do have to, we do have to relate we have to rely on that now but you know if we were like for example in a cave or something and that was what we needed we had to go and get that yeah. and we couldn't get that we couldn't get that we'd have to figure out a way i'm really hungry you know that's so, what I'm saying. so yeah that's that's the thing but i get it well get this has it, been an interesting discussion it has been a very <laughs> i'm sure listeners have a lot to say yeah they would do they um, would do they would do they would do well but let, let us know what you think because um freedom you know, I think everybody has their own definition of freedom, of course. Yeah. I think, yeah, there's that, there's that duality of like having that. Because I felt like for a very long time, I had mental freedom. I had internal freedom. So I had a choice, like even when other people would try and convince me. Otherwise, I felt like I had a choice, especially whilst I was growing up. But there was, I was, I suppose, institutional restraints around me, be it parents, be it family, be it, you know, friends, be it actual societal rules that you have to live by, which which strengthen freedom, which tell you that you're free, but mm. essentially just 
lock you up even more. But it's it's quite funny actually because I was when I was reading um when I was reading uh the La Belle Sauvage, there's a quote in it where he says um because a lot of the times we in the modern world we talk about freedom we think of democracy and and, and democratic values having this base of of freedom of mm. ever, of anything which is a whole lot of bollocks. But um there's a part in it that said you know for something along the lines of and I'm paraphrasing um you have to do undemocratic acts to get democracy essentially and it reminded me of especially with our discussion on radical feminism and um whether we have to um be radical in order for for there to be freedom mm. do you know what I mean mm. and how far do you take that and it's quite a, an interesting um dialogue to have i think yeah yeah hmm? okay anyway <laughs> so um that is a really like we right, need to rifle. we need please, to please please yeah it's a lot to think about let us know what you think let's know what you think my head is hurting after that wow good shit man i need to drink water. Do you guys think you're free yeah email uh, us out I'm as, no i'm asking you boys oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> do i think i'm free like yeah no like, I mean, there are, I have moments of... It's like, it's, I feel like I look at it as the same way I look at happiness. Mm. You have moments of happiness. Yeah. But are you content? Are you experiencing joy? Are you doing all of that? Do you see what I mean? So that's, that's kind of what I look at when I think of, um, when I think of fear and freedom. You know, it's, it's temporary. Like, you know, I mean, like, if I, you, have, you have moments where I, I feel like... Moments I have moments where, really where I have moments where I'm running or I'm going for a run and I feel free. You see what I mean? I don't think I've ever felt free. I don't, I, I don't know how, I don't know what stage you have to get to get to to be psychologically free. And I feel like that's what a lot of people are struggling with. I think I'm psychologically free. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I am. No, yeah. I think I'm like, <laughs> I, no, I think I'm, I am. Like, not, not, not all the time because I have, like, obviously, we are have issues, right? But I do think that... And you're not free if you keep I'm coming quite, back. I'm quite... When I think of, like that mental autonomy mm. when oh you can make your decisions when you can make decisions in your head mm-hmm. solely in your head yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i said to god i'm going to kill derek after this recording <laughs> <laughs> um thank you yeah so i think i in my head i'm like this is the decision that i will make mm-hmm. um or this is the decision that i want to make and i like to have that and I think to have that is a very precious gift. Um, We're just privileged to have that choice. Exactly. But then when it's the second limb of freedom, when you can, when, whether you have free, whether your acts are free, do you know what I mean? Mm. So it's all and well having mental freedom and making a decision, but are your actions free and does the environment facilitate you to carry out those without hindering other people's freedoms? Yeah. And how do you balance that? Right. So. Okay. Okay. What about you? Do I think I'm free? Yeah. Oh, I'm getting there, mate. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's all I've got to say, mate. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. All right. Um, yeah. Let us know. Do you guys think you're free? Are you free? <laughs> Let us know. All free right. doom. Free doom. Free from doom. Moving okay. on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we're moving on to Mostly Flicks. <laughs> this is going to um, be funny. Ray has a confession to make. 
What confession? What confession do I have to make? No, no, Joe, just putting it on you. Oh, I was like, oh. So we watched um, For Coloured Girls mm-hmm. this week. What do you guys think of the film? Extra. What's extra about it? It is a bit extra. I have it's book, so like... extra. Um, so the, actually, the first time I watched it, right, I was like, okay, let's, let, like, it was, you know when something is so sad that you're like, I've actually, I'm tired. Mm. <laughs> so for me, when I first watched it, because obviously, like, I've seen it before. Um, I cried so much, my head hurt. When you first watched it? Yeah. I actually cried, as in, like, tears. And that, it, I can't even talk about that scene, because it really gets me all the Let's time. Let's talk about the scene. Like, um, which one are we talking about? Because there, there were several. Dash the kids out oh, right, the okay. window. I was screaming at my I laptop. Thought, I thought he wasn't going to do it. Like I actually thought he wasn't gonna let Ever go. Ever the optimist, aren't you? Yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna let go because it's like they're, they're never gonna put that in a film. Why would they put that in a film and then he dropped them? Did he have post-traumatic stress disorder or was he just yeah. an asshole? Yeah, post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. I thought, but I thought, yeah, with a bit of assholeism. Yeah, he was. Yeah, then he took it all out on his family. What yeah. do you think, Derek? Which which parts? Which parts were? I think <laughs> all of the part, all of the parts were important. I mean, because it just it highlights a lot of things that I'm sure. Tr- that black women face. Mm. Um, but like Ray said, there was the, the, <clears throat> the throwing the children out of the window thing. I just feel like there was another way to illustrate how black men, you know, <clears throat> do their black women mm. and their kids. It just, I, when it happened, it just took me completely out of the movie. Yeah. I was like, this yeah. is fucking ridiculous. That's why, that's kind of where I was at. I was like, I know he's not going to do it because, and then he did. And, and then he was he just did. like, wow. I was just like, wow. And then obviously, Janet Jackson's thing where she's like, ah, take your HIV with you. And we've <laughs> joked about that and stuff, but obviously it happens. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it, it, it happens a lot, actually, in um, in West Africa, where in obviously in a lot of impoverished areas where these men transfer HIV to their wives because they refuse to use protection because it's apparently it's an insult to even ask me to use protection. How dare you? Mm. But they're out, they're out there having sex with prostitutes and then they pass on you know it's ridiculous exactly because in 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 those countries um black women are most likely to be infected with hiv and that's because of their husband and it's most likely from their husbands and stuff Mm. what i quite like is that i think attitudes are beginning to change Mm. so in like where i'm from there'll be like loads of adverts and stuff um it's, it's so hilarious when um girls get married now like you like it's almost well, f- families that understand this, these things, you have to get a check before you sort of, you know, marry my child or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. I think oh. it's really, be- the attitudes are picking up and, and it's beginning to change. But I think it was, you know, very important to illustrate that in the film. Mm. Um, I feel like the one, the scene that stuck out to me the most was when um, the dance teacher, with the dance teacher, do you remember when she got raped? Oh, oh. She, cause she, cause she had like she had the like all up until that point, her life was, you know, she was doing the dance for the girls, yeah. and she had the that was absolutely fine, and she had it, and then like, obviously she met this guy who was upset. probably like performing, yeah. doing his stuff, and then like invited her into invited him into her house. Who and was the girl that um couldn't have kids? Um, was that Janet Jackson? Janet Jackson, she couldn't have kids, yeah. I don't know whether um, Fandy Newton 
when she played and Sandy's character was, was amazing. Was really good. And her sister, I forgot what the actress's name was, but they were. Who was the one who had the the, um, the, the, the abortion from Macy Gray? That's that was the sister, the younger oh, sister. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was Macy Gray. Yeah, it was Macy Gray. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. then, um, but then Whoopi Goldberg, like, was doing some witch, witch. Oh, thing. I loved Whoopi Goldberg in that movie. I don't uh, know why. I just, oh, I wow. really loved her. I didn't know. I, I can't see that for some reason. Whenever I watch her in a film and she's being serious, I always think that she's doing comedy. For some reason, I, I expect it. I wait for the punchline, and because it didn't come. Mm. In this film, it was kind of, it was quite like torturous. She reminded me of my mum in that movie. Really? Yeah. Wow. Mm. <laughs> right in the white was like, candles. wow. That's what. No, because because it was she, like because she was she played that role really well, but it was such a she's done better. She's done better, she, but it was it was such a such a violent character. Mm. That's why I was kind of like yeah, but um, yeah, I think that was good. Macy Gray always plays these weird characters in it. Macy Gray. Can I pick the film? No, I'm, it's my turn. I haven't done it. In Training Day, she plays a crackhead, I think. Can we... Um, uh, oh, yeah. Can we choose the next film? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, uh, oh, it's uh, you? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> All right. Please make it a good one. Do a shuffle. Mm. All right, let's go. Really just derailed our conversation about For Colour Girls. Like. Yeah, I was getting a little <laughs> bored. <laughs> what we got? Reservoir Dogs. Oh, for fuck. I haven't watched it. <sighs> Is that, that's, that's Tarantino. We, yeah. sh- we, should, we should be blackballing him. Why's that? Because he's... Well, never mind. Let's watch Reservoir Dogs. All right, fine. And see what, and see what that's about. And y'all have to watch it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, guys. Um, it's a gangster movie, isn't it? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I was going to say about the... We're doing the most select secret Santa. Yeah. And it took us... It took us a very long time thank you Ray to get it um, you're welcome to get to get each other to get our names I thought you were coming to do Ray's women oh oh my good Ray come on you, you need to fix up mate this is like the third week, week in a row you haven't had a woman <laughs> she had a woman last week did she mm-hmm. who what was your book it was that sorry but Oh, she did. Sorry, yeah, she did. City. Before that, the week before that, she didn't. But she remembered though. Okay. She remembered. Right. It, was a remi- it was a reminiscent book. <laughs> okay, cool. It was a reminiscent book. So, what, what you got for us today, Ray? I have no one. You have no one. Yeah. Cool. Right. I would suggest for my read. I'd suggest read Free Economics. Yeah, because yeah, because like, yeah, I'm reading it at the minute, yeah. and it seems. But it's written good. by men. What my book? Yeah. Okay. It's Alex Reed's. Oh, we on Alex Reese now. Well, it's usually oh, before Ray, it's usually before Ray's. So sorry, go on. Yeah, yeah, it's usually before Ray's. But yeah, I'd say read Free Economics and then um, <laughs> get back to me. Let me know what you think about it. I want to try and get through it uh, towards the end of the month. Mm. So it seems like pretty good. It seems pretty good. Just it all, seems really interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a humoristic take on the hidden meaning behind certain things that people decisions that people make and whatnot. Anything else to add, Ray? No. Derek? No, of course, obviously, rate and review us um, on iTunes. Subscribe on SoundCloud. Email us at moxielit at gmail.com. And, yeah, thank you for thank you for listening. And we will see you guys next week. Yo, catch you next week. Bye. 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 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.